0: Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 134. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co founder of Lendit. Support for the Lend Academy podcast and the following message comes from Wonder Capital. The easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy projects across the US. With Wonder, you can help finance renewable energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually. To get started, visit wondercapital.com/slash Lendacademy. Wonder Capital, where impact investing meets capitalism. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Gary Lieberman. He is the CEO and chairman of Darien Rowaton Bank, otherwise known as DRB. Now, if you've been in this space for a while, you'll have seen the DRB name. They are one of the largest players in student loan refinancing. But they have a fascinating story. So I wanted to get Gary on the show because he bought a small community bank, $100 million in assets, and he's built it into one of the leading student loan refinancing companies in the country. And he operates in all 50 states. It's really a, a fascinating story. So I, I, we talk about, you know, his vision and how he, how he first got into the student loan space. And that's a really fascinating story in itself. And we talk about their approach to the different verticals, student loans and personal loans and mortgages and how they're going to expand their company. We talk about how they go about obtaining customers and their marketing. And we also talk about the, their vision for the future. It was a fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Gary.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be speaking with you, Peter.
0: Okay. So I like to get these episodes started with a little bit of background about yourself and tell the listeners you know, what you've done in your career to date.
1: Well, I'm currently the Chairman and CEO of Darianne Royden Bank, which also oversees Laurel Road, which is the online lending business that we're involved with. In addition to that, I manage a hedge fund that I started about 20 years ago, and the hedge fund trades primarily in uh, mortgage-backed securities, commercial mortgage securities, as well as, not surprisingly, student loans.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So you divide your time between both businesses today?
1: That's correct. Probably the bank takes up more of my time these days.
0: Okay. Okay. So, tell us a little bit about the the history of the bank because I know that when I did my research here that you purchased the bank in 2010, a reasonably small community bank. Can you tell us a little bit about that history and and what attracted you to, to DRB?
1: Sure. Well, the bank was founded in 2006. I had an interest in purchasing a bank with some other people, probably around the end of 2008, the beginning of 2009, I thought it was an opportunistic time to do that. Yep. And I really had a couple of criteria, one that it would be small and it would be clean and small because I, although I'd worked with banks for quite some time, I'd never really been underneath the hood of a bank. Right. So I knew I'd make some mistakes and if I was going to purchase a bank, I wanted it to be small. So the mistakes would be small. Right. The other criteria I had was that it should be a clean bank, What I mean by that is, not a whole lot of problem loans. I didn't feel at the time that the pricing of problem loans were really cheap enough. And additionally, my history and background really is not in that in the sector of what I call chasing credits. I generally dealt in uh, high quality product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. So then, can you give us a sense of the size of the bank was back then, and maybe the size the size it is today?
1: Yeah, when we first purchased the bank, it was about a hundred million in assets, and right now we run about six hundred million in assets.
0: Okay. And how many branches do you have?
1: Yeah, it started out with two branches, uh, Darien and Rowaton, and we purchased a branch in Southport a couple of years ago.
0: Okay, so three branches now. Okay. Okay. So, and I know you, you guys sort of have first got on my radar um, with the student loan refinancing. You became a you know a reasonably big player there and I'd, I'd obviously, I'd never heard of, I'd never heard of the bank, but I'm curious to know, you know, you, sounds like you've done some work with your hedge fund in student loan, and the student loan space, so when did the, the, because the student loan refinancing is still a relatively new industry, when did, when did that first get on your radar?
1: It's an interesting question and it actually happened uh, quite some time ago when I was in, literally when I was in graduate school, I had a job where I was working with primarily undergrad students and uh, purpose of the organization was to provide jobs for students who were looking to make some money as well as provide uh, services to the university community. And so invariably, pretty much everybody who worked there had student loans. And I guess we commiserate about it somewhat. And I just noticed that it seemed unique to me that The people there, I mean, it was at Penn, and so there were a lot of Wharton undergrads working there, as well as liberal arts students from the university. Mm -hmm. The Wharton undergrads would clearly have much better job prospects when they finished school, and yet they were paying the same rate as all the other students. So I thought that that was just kind of interesting, and I had kept that in the back of my mind. And then fast-forwarding somewhat, probably about ten years later, I had a job which was, I actually founded the asset-backed finance department at Merrill Lynch. And I thought of the job there at the time as looking at factoring and taking it to the capital markets. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually at the end of my student loans, and I was helping some friends pay their student loans who were in the arts. And it kind of resonated with me again that here I was in a much higher-paying job than the friends I was lending money to, yet we were, we were all paying the same rate. Right and uh, I actually looked at it at the time to see if we could do something uh, with that set of circumstances but the way the shape of the yield curve and the way the government was pricing loans at the time mm-hmm. there really wasn't an arbitrage but it, it it literally it stayed with me to think about that at some point there was going to be an opportunity here because of the fact that the government doesn't do any underwriting when they nor do I think they should when they first give out student loans but over time as most are aware now that there, there is a distinct, there can be a distinct difference. Right. And so when um, I was in the process of purchasing the bank, one of the business lines was to refinance student loans because those uh, components that were not working in, in favor of doing it before were actually there, the yield curve was significantly steep and the way the government priced loans was much different than they had done 20, 25 years ago. But I also knew when I first took over the bank, that when you take over a troubled uh, institution, the regulators are very concerned about what type of business lines you're in. And even though we we were interested in refinancing super prime student loans, there's been a lot of bad publicity about student loans. So approaching the regulators right in the beginning of taking over the bank, I thought it would be problematic. But as we kind of developed a rapport and reputation with the regulators, In a couple years, that's when we first. And I guess it was probably the beginning of 2013 when we originated our. Middle of 2013, we originated our first student loan.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So obviously, you, you you saw SoFi come on the scene, and you know they they always they always say that they invented the student loan refinance product and. You know, I, I don't know if that that can be disputed. I've never heard it disputed, but it sounds like it was on your mind, you know, a long time before before SoFi started. But did you? So did you? You? you did you see SoFi and you think, oh wow, that's just such a you know, they're fi- finally someone's doing it? Or what did you think when you first found out about SoFi?
1: Uh, I didn't when we when we did our first loans. I didn't even know SoFi existed.
0: Interesting, interesting. Okay, so clearly you do now though, but. Are you? How do you view the space then right now? Is this? Uh, you know, it, it feels like um, there are some you know, companies like yourself who have a pretty sizable, you know, uh, presence in the student loan refinance space. Is that? You know, do you feel like it's it's still got a lot of runway to go? Is which is what others say.
1: Yeah, I do believe there's a, there's a significant runway. I think that I, I think we're kind of in a unique position in that. We're actually both a bank and a financial technology company, and mm-hmm. And I don't believe anybody else really fits in that category. And I think there really are a lot of advantages to that two very distinct advantages. The obvious one is is that our funding costs are are the lowest out of any I believe any alternatives. And the other one is is that we're a regulated institution and and that might be uh, uh, surprising to some, but you know, I, I think of our regulators to a certain degree it's like when I, when I go to the dentist. Um, <laughs> I really like my dentist. I don't look forward to going to see him, and, but I feel a lot better once it's over after I've gone to see him. Right. And, you know, the regulators take a very unique and distinct approach or outlook on, on a bank. And I think that for us, it actually, that unique perspective, I think is very healthy. Uh-huh. It, it, it creates a level of rigor for us that it's not a natural tendency to do. And I think that that uh, in particular resonates with our affiliate partnerships. I think there's a and there's a tremendous comfort level in knowing that we are regulated the way we are and some of the concerns that they might might have or have had with um, what's happened in some technology companies, they feel pretty comfortable that that's not necessarily going to be the case with us. Mm -hmm. it's worked particularly well, I mean, right in the beginning, we developed a relationship with the American Dental Association, and I think it's worked extremely well for for both of us in that regard. I think also when you think about us, you say, okay, we're a bank, there are other banks out there, and their cost of funds probably are lower than ours. and, And in fact, they are. But although I think that larger banks have lower cost of funds than us, I don't believe that they have a lower cost of doing business than we do. Right, right. I think that really is, is, a, is a real advantage for us when we go into the marketplace. You know, we're so leveraged by technology and the emphasis we put on it that I think in a lot of ways, we have a competitive advantage over large bank, bank institutions. And, and I believe over the course of time, it's going to be very hard for people to compete in this space uh without without being a bank Mm -hmm. but but I do agree with your initial statement I mean the market is really very significant so ultimately our biggest challenge is really educating and making potential customers aware of this opportunity to save on average about $20,000 on their loans and clearly at this point in their lives well for anybody really that's that's very meaningful
0: Right, for sure. So I'm just curious. So you're, you're you know you're, you're a small three branch bank in, in Connecticut, but you, you know student student loans are uh, obviously people in every single state have uh, have student loans they want to refinance. Uh, what's your footprint? Do you operate in, in all 50 states?
1: Yeah, we are, we operate in all 50 states, and our footprint really follows the the population of the United States. The, those states that have the highest populations are the ones where we have our have done a largest amount of our loans. And naturally, that's places like California and, and New York and Texas and Pennsylvania and, and uh, Illinois. And if, for argument's sake, you know, the the population of the United States, 10%, reside in Texas, you'd find that roughly 10% of our loans are Texas loans. Right. And we have loans in Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, really every part of the United States.
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay. So I'd like to like just talk about other products because I know I'm on your website on laurelroad.com right now and it says, uh, you know, student loan refinancing, personal loans, and mortgages. Are these, tell us about the other two verticals that you're now operating in. Are these relatively new and and, and how much progress have you made there?
1: Yeah, well, they're not new. Uh, There are components of it that are very new, though, and that's in particular mortgage. And we've been doing personal loans for a while. We haven't been nearly as aggressive as some other people out there. Uh, We're not as comfortable in kind of the risk-reward profile that's really uh, been developed out there right now. I I have some reservations about the pricing that's going on, Mm -hmm. and as the credit cycle matures, you know, we'll kind of make decisions about how aggressive to be in that area or not be in that area. That being said, we do do offer the product. And, uh, we, we do, it's not as, nearly as significant as we are in student loans. But at the right time and the right place, we might choose to be more aggressive. On the other side of that, our, our mortgage presence should grow significantly over the course of the next year. We're in beta right now for an online mortgage platform. And this platform is totally online. Uh, so you can literally, uh, stay in your bed or stay in your living room and, and, uh, process a mortgage with us and uh, we expect that that will grow significantly over the course of this year.
0: So are these other products, are you focusing on your student loan customers for these other products or are these really going to be, you know, particularly with the mortgage product, are these going to be real standalone businesses that will try and generate new customers independently?
1: Well, I, I, I think it's natural to cross-sell into our current customer base and, and. Uh, we're very excited about that because our net promoter score has been very good. So aside from the fact that we think it's a very good product, we think our ability to cross sale will be uh, it's very it's very high. The potential is very high. Mm-hmm. And and we believe that customers with similar characteristics that aren't necessarily our current customers, we can develop unique ways to approach them and, and offer them quality products as well.
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your brand because you've you know DRB has become reasonably well known in, in the online space. So in twenty seventeen, uh, you rebranded to to Lower Road. What was the thinking behind that?
1: Yeah, well, as you mentioned before, our demographic is really throughout the country and people who don't necessarily live in Connecticut, certainly in the Northeast, the name of or Waiten is not familiar to them. So since our online business is such a significant presence for us, we thought that by uh, branding that distinctly for a more cosmopolitan perspective made sense. That being said, it's become very successful that we're going to rebrand the entire organization as Laurel Road. Hmm. So it will become Laurel Road Bank.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So... And I'm just I'm just curious then, like the, the online business you said is a is a big component. I mean, you have three branches. Do you have an office outside of these branches where where your people sit, or how does it all work? <laughs>
1: uh, that's a very good question. Uh, well, we have offices in New York. There's probably 30 people in New York that are more, I'd say, along what I'd call strategy. We have uh, technology staff in New York as well. We have technology staff in California, and we have technology staff in India as well. Okay, okay, that
0: makes sense. So, so as as far as the bank entity, I mean, is, it looks like you're going all in on the online space. I mean, is this is this the lion's share of of the bank's revenue today?
1: Yes, it is. I, but I, it is, and it will always continue to be. But I think we see we have opportunity to build out. What we call the classic community bank in the Northeast.
0: Right, right, okay. So you still want to do that? You're not, you're not sort of abandoning your local, your local area.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Right, right, okay. So, can you give us a sense of the, the scale you're at? I mean, as far as total originations, total number of customers.
1: Yeah, we've been, we've done uh, a little bit more than three billion dollars worth of loans. And yeah, that's roughly thirty thousand customers.
0: Right, and that's primarily in the student loan refinancing space, I take it?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. right. Okay. So you are, you are certainly one of the, one of the biggest uh, in the country then. I just want to talk about the funding of these loans. You've, you've, already, you've already touched on it, but are you, you know, you're using your balance sheet obviously to, to, to fund these loans. Are you using any other sources of capital?
1: Yeah, we, we use our balance sheet and we also have a relationship with a sovereign wealth fund to provide us with an off-balance sheet capability. And that's worked out very well for us as well
0: right okay and you're also you're also pretty active in in the securitization markets. you know, can you tell us a little bit about about how your deals have been trending there and who who is buying your loans?
1: yeah well uh, I mean my background really is in as I mentioned, I have some capital markets and securitization backgrounds right. Right. we anticipated doing this from quite from the beginning, and, and we've done i think ten deals now, our last couple of deals have been AAA A rated. The uh, investors are typical of what entities in the securitization market would be. They're insurance companies, financial firms, whether it be asset managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing about it is, you know, one of the key components of a securitization is the advance rate you get on the senior securities because mm-hmm. the more you can get, in the, the senior costs you less than the, than the junior. And uh we recently became the player in this marketplace with the with the best advance rate, a significantly better advance rate than anybody else in the marketplace. Hmm. so we're very pleased with that, and I think that's a recognition from the rating agencies as well as the investors in the quality of the product that we bring to the market
0: right right, and can we just just touch on that for a second the the, the quality of the product like how? You know, other other some of your competitors, you know, tout their very low default rates. Can you give us a sense of how your loans have been performing?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've been really very pleased with the way they've been performing. Uh, we, you know, we, as I mentioned, we've done over three billion dollars worth of loans. I don't think we have had two million dollars worth of defaults, and uh, a, a, a big portion of those defaults are really for death or disability, and we, we, you know, we, we forgive those loans. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that we have. The amount of loans, the defaults we have is I know the names and the stories behind each one of those. So, you know, being an old guy that I am, I don't have that good of a memory. So for me, <laughs> that suggests that there aren't all that many.
0: Right, right. Okay. And so and who is the typical customer here? I mean, are you are you really going after the the super prime, the... You know, the business school graduate, or you know the the you know, the computer, you know the engineering graduate. Who who are the borrowers that you're working with?
1: You know, our, our typical borrower has a, uh, an income level of about one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, has a FICO score of about seven sixty, uh, has a DTI below thirty percent, and uh, and and a large part of our borrower base is in the healthcare area. We started out uh strategically to go into that. Sector of the marketplace, and it, it's been working out very well for
0: us. Right. So is that so? That's part of, I guess, your marketing. You talked about the dental association. That this has sort of been the, the the verticals that you've focused on. I mean, what like I guess, uh, broader question is how how are you marketing your your offerings?
1: Well, we market them. I think, no surprise, the way we do that: direct mail, digital marketing. And I think you, as you mentioned, the partnerships are very important to us as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay.
1: Okay. And so who do you
0: view as your competition today? Is it, is it, you know, is it SoFi and Common Bond, Citizens? Is it, who are you looking at when you look at the landscape? Or is it really you think the biggest competition is a lack of awareness? I mean, how do you view a competitive landscape?
1: I think that you're exactly right. I look at it really as a lack of awareness, is what we focus on.
0: Right. Okay, so what are you? How are you? How are you addressing that?
1: Well, I think the the marketing that the marketing that we just mentioned to you is a big part of it, and and how you go about marketing and and touching people and 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 having an awareness of who needs to be educated on the product, I think is is critical.
0: Right, right. Okay, okay. And so. I just want to go back to the the mortgage particular piece. You said you said you were launching a new standal. Is it going to be a, a standalone website? You said is it going to be branded Laurel Road? Or can, what can you tell us about the mortgage the mortgage product?
1: Yeah, it, it is branded Laurel Road. It's it's on our website. If someone would go to the website and they said if you're looking for a mortgage, you can click on that and then you go into our landing page for mortgage and you can literally fill out the application. For your mortgage uh, online through, through our website. Right.
0: So, and is this is this same is this sort of like jumbo mortgages you're focusing on, or is it really any kind of mortgage?
1: Any kind of mortgage, and, and I think we'll have some. Since we're focusing on a unique cohort of borrowers, right. I think we can have some interesting products for those borrowers. And that's really my a lot of my background. More specifically, a lot of our customers have the potential to have very good earnings but they don't have much cash right now. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that money much money for about down payment, but we understand their situation so we can offer them we can be more aggressive as far as a down payment is concerned and offer them products that have let's say only a 5% down payment.
0: Right. Okay. And, and so what and what's what you, do you have like a maximum loan size that you're willing to go up to?
1: No, not really.
0: Okay. Okay. So, and, and, and is that going to, wh- where are you focusing the operations for the mortgage product? I mean, wh- what what states are you really focusing on?
1: Well, uh, the operations center is in Bridgeport, Connecticut, but the loans will be nationally as well.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Well, it's been fascinating. So, la- la- last question before I let you go, you know, you've really, you've got a, you've, you've really developed a, a unique business, particularly unique when it comes to something like a community bank, you know, the, the way that you started off this business. But what, what's your vision for, for the future of Laurel Road?
1: Well, we want we want to grow Laurel Road to be a trusted financial partner for people across all of their personal lending moments. Now that the world is firmly in a digital and experience-oriented age, consumers have much higher expectations than how they interact with financial institutions, especially where securities involved. And the, we think with Laurel Road, we want to bridge the gap between the security and personal touch that community banks offer and the digitally-led experience and flexibility of a fintech company.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's fascinating. It's going to be really interesting to see how you guys, uh, how you guys develop, and you know, congratulations on taking a, a small bank and making it into a real national powerhouse. So uh, I, I really appreciate your time today,
1: Gary. Thank you, and thank you for your time, Peter. I enjoyed it.
0: Okay. See yeah. It really is interesting to me how you know, Gary took a $100 million bank That was, you know, obviously a a very small footprint serving its local community, but has created something that is very, very different and, you know, could be a model for other community banks to follow where we all know that everything is moving online, but community banks still serve their local area, but it's, and it's hard for them to grow and it's hard for them to compete with their bigger players. So, but when it comes to online, it's a much more even playing field. And I think that is what, you know, Laurel Road has, has, has shown that you can be a small community bank and you can become a powerhouse in a particular vertical by devoting resources you know, and your expertise into, into this. It's really a fascinating story and you know, I wish them all the best, as I said. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. This episode of the Lend Academy podcast was supported by Wonder Capital, the easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy projects across the U.S. Experts at Bloomberg estimate that 2.8 trillion dollars will be invested in solar energy by 2040. With Wonder Capital's solar investment platform, individuals can now take advantage of this economic opportunity. Visit wondercapital.com/lendacademy to find out how you can begin investing in solar energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually and also helping in the fight against climate change.